This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered! Well, I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. Off and running on the final day of March 2022. It is the Bostonian versus the book, Dave Sherapan, Matt Peralt. And we are loaded out of the gate today, Dave. We got Sean Grande. I always say Grande, but I guess it's Grande. I've asked Sean how the proper way of saying his last name is heard like three different times. Voice of the Celtics, bleed green man himself, Dave, coming on talking about what happened last night with my Celtics losing to the Miami Heat at home. Just what we need, more Boston guys. This is great. This is fantastic. <laughs> I love it. No, that'll be good. We'll we'll talk to him. Um, maybe get some inside scoop on what the hell happened last night? I mean, Boy. they just it was just it's just one of those games. I mean, I don't know if it's one of those games or that's the recipe. Bill Simmons tweeted this, and I I totally agreed. That felt like a recipe for how to beat Boston in the yep. playoffs. No doubt. I mean, this is what happens, right? This is teams do this, and then they make adjustments and find a way to get past it. I don't know. I mean, it's it's one game. I mean, they've been like we said, the best team in basketball the last month. Lose a game like that. I mean, that sh- that showed me <laughs> we can't we can't bury the heat yet. <laughs> it's not it's not time to to bury the heat if they're going to lock down like that. Oh, can beat they anybody. Frustrated the hell out of oh. Jason Tatum last night. Yeah, two yeah. points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, really yeah. not not good at all. He was all. he was very very frustrated with the way they were playing defense on him. And I got to be honest, not that I'm crying against, but the refs. Refs were bad last night. Refs were a couple of really bad calls late in that game that were just the charge on Tatum was not a charge. Like it was come off of it. I'll ask Sean about his, <sighs> his vantage point, his opinion on that call going backwards. You can call a charge with a guy's going backwards. Huh? I mean, How, happened. what happened to legal guarding I position? I don't know. That's so we'll get, we'll, we'll get into that uh, here in about five, 10 minutes when Sean Grande is going to join us from the Celtics. All right. Uh, here we are with a lead story. I'm wearing the hat for a reason. Bruce Arians shockingly unexpectedly decides to take a front office job, Dave yeah. and Todd Bowles, 24 and 50 head coach. Todd Bowles is taking over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? This feels like a coup. This feels like Tom Brady said, yeah, I'll come back, but I'm not playing for that dude. Really? Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> Tom Brady got this dude tossed off the sidelines. He was going to retire anyway. It was just, now's the time. Thank you, BA, for all that you have done for me and our team. You're an incredible man and coach. And it was going to read me Tom Brady's statement to play that, for that you. was written by a PR firm. Come we, on now. We all benefited from your leadership and guidance. And I'm yeah. so proud of everything we accomplished. <laughs> How many people have you seen be fired with very similar flowery wording? <laughs> like, 
Thank you for your time. Thank you for your your behavior, your time, your thoughts. Thank you for everything you've done for us. Yeah. Hi. Man, oh man. And the odds went down on the Buccaneers at some books to, you know, to to win the NFC and to to win the uh to win the Super Bowl. I mean, got his guy. That's his guy. I don't know. We shall see. I mean, it is one of the more ridiculous stories. The NFL keeps on creating these insane drama filled storylines. <laughs> According to a reporter for ESPN who was on SportsCenter this morning, she texted Bruce Arians less than two months ago yeah. about coming back. And he yeah. wrote absolutely. When he found out about Tom Brady coming back, she was asking him about his thought processes and he was going to take over the play calling duties from Byron Lefwich. He was going to come in and have a bigger role in the offense next year oh, with yeah. Tom Brady. Like this is all like, wait a minute. What? Cause Brady retires for six. He retires for six weeks and then he comes back. And now Bruce Arians won't use the word retire, by the way. He won't say the word retire. He just says, I'm going to be working now in the front office. He's had cancer two times, a couple of real big health scares. So everyone in the org- everyone in the organization had prepared for Bruce Arians to walk at some point, mm-hmm. but not a month before the draft. <laughs> uh, I saw Pat this morning on, uh, on Get Up, and he said he saw B.A. at the uh, Combine last yep. month. Couldn't be more excited. About what 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 was it was a month ago? Can't wait to see what happens. This I is mean, just just. You know. I mean, here's my question: If you're Tom Brady, okay, so if you're Brady and you know you very much dislike Bruce Arians, we know this. We saw it during the year. Didn't like the culture. Didn't like what was happening. Didn't like the way the team was playing. Didn't like how BA handled Antonio Brown. Just like Belichick. Brady's got a weird spot in his body and his brain for that guy. And if you don't treat him right, you're, you know, you're out. And the Patriots sent him out. That pissed him off. And now see you later. He runs off the field in New York, waving eh, you know, shirt off and whatever. And Bruce Arians was very, you know, stern and said really a lot of nasty things. Remember the post-game press conference? Antonio Brown is no longer a Tepe Buccaneer. And the organization had to go, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, <laughs> like, hold on. Cause that was Brady going, calling up his buddy, the GM, Jason light and saying, Hey dude, by the way, uh, this clown is ruining my offense and I'm really mad about this. And so I don't like this. Antonio Brown needs to stay. And then eventually it had to work out right where Antonio Brown had to be released. I don't be- know. I don't know if Brady was doing that specifically. I think maybe somebody upstairs said, wait, 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 wait. He's downstairs saying he ain't a Buccaneer yet. We got a lot of legal things. We got to hold on, hold on, that hold too. on. Like, okay, that like, too. You know, but Tom. I mean, he uh, lived with Brady. I mean, Antonio Brown lived oh, with tight. Tom Brady. So like TB twelve, baby. This was his project. I mean, this was yes. his reclamation project to bring him back the way he brought back Randy Moss. Yeah, and changed everyone's opinion from Randy Moss and the fake moon of the Packer fans to then Randy Moss in two thousand and seven setting records like crazy. So he saw that repeating itself with Antonio Brown and it didn't happen, unfortunately. I mean, they did win a championship, but like this is going to be one of the craziest 
storylines, in my opinion, going into the offseason, going into the draft, going into next season in training camp. Because Todd Bowles is a phenomenal defensive coordinator. Do we trust him as a head coach? Who knows? We'll see. I mean, they got. We do know, though. He was 24 and 50. We do know. He was a Jets coach. (laughs) Okay. Not one part. Who's successful as a Jets coach? Rex Ryan. How many years ago was that? Uh, a while now, but he went to two AFC championship games. I mean, he, he was, he was the only team that stood in the way of the Patriots in that dynasty for a bit in the division, yeah. but and fumble and everything else happened, but had some success somewhere else too. Right. Rex. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's been okay. I mean, he's, he, him and his brother, both are tremendous defensive minds. So they're better defensive coordinators. And that's where I'm kind of going with Todd Bowles. Like, Okay. Um, does Brady like this because Todd Bowles won't come near him and he'll be the de facto offensive coordinator and Todd will run the defense and Brady runs the offense? Is this like player coach? Yeah, no, Byron Leftwich is going to run the offense and that's Byron Leftwich's Brady's guy. You're, the quarterbacks are always closer with the offensive coordinator right. usually yeah. than the head coach. I mean, it yeah, just makes sense. That's what they do. And Brady's old school. He's got, a, he's got you know, calling the shots. I mean, it, it's, it is what it is. I don't know who's going to be a good coach and who's not. You're only as good as the players you got. I mean, if right. if they don't get help, I mean, you know, the odds say that they're the odds on favorite to win the NFC and go to the Super Bowl. Okay. We'll see. I don't even know who their linemen are. Isn't that odd? Isn't that strange that all of the drama or at least all the stories have been about the AFC and all the talent going to the AFC. And we've just kind of assumed it was Packers bucks, right? One yeah. of the two will play. Well, now we've got a whole mess load of talent drain in Green Bay. MVS is gone. Number one receiver is gone. Quarterback's back. But, okay. I mean, division Packers should walk through the division, but we'll see. And everyone said, okay, well, it's not the Packers. It's going to be the Buccaneers. And now you've got Bruce Arian stepping away and Todd Bowles coming in. And who knows what could happen now? I mean, the magic sauce, at least for one season, no longer is there. It's not the connections, not the same people calling the shots. <laughs> it's so um, interesting that it's the last day of March, and this is all being discussed. The news cycle never ends in the NFL. I tweeted at you yesterday. And yeah. You, you tweeted at me, and I was like, can we please just enjoy the Final Four and the basketball, the NBA, and the hockey for a couple more days by itself until baseball starts. And let's, when we're talking about the NFL, it yeah. is a never ending cycle. It is it's unbelievable. unbelievable. It just doesn't stop. So, so we're trying to get Sean Grandy on from the Celtics. I was a little concerned about this, just about uh, his connection. So I don't know if we've been able to connect with him or not. I haven't seen him in the back channel yet so okay. we might not be able to grab him he's on a tight window he has until basically 1 30 eastern time and then he's got to go uh to go to do stuff for the celtics so we might need to punt on this and get him on a, on a different day so i do apologize i told the guys before i was like okay i hope this works but like we didn't test it out ahead of time and we've tested it out with other people ahead of time but sean was just too busy he couldn't test it with us so when we don't test it and we try it fly first time Sometimes we can have some connection issues and some things that may not work out. So don't 
don't be angry with uh, with me <laughs> if Sean if we, if we don't get Sean here in the next couple of minutes on the show. So it's a little bit tight. So hopefully we can nail him down. But if not, we go with that. Uh, one more quick thing on football, and then we'll get to some bas- basketball from last night. I think what's interesting when you now head towards the draft, uh, we're going to see where does this team, who has the power now in this team? Because Brady always wants more offensive weapons, right? Offensive linemen, wide receivers. It's a very deep wide receiver draft. But Todd Bowles has always been very much, if you look at the time with the Jets, he just built that defense up as much as he could. That was the problem with Todd Bowles with the Jets. Patriots had the offense. And oh god, I think we got Sean. I, I see Sean in the back. I think I think nice. we're able to, to 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 knock it down. That's great. Um, so yeah, so I I think do they draft defense because Todd Bowles is the head coach, or they do with offense because Brady wants to help? I'd be very curious to see what happens with their draft here in Vegas. Did we'll you see. like him in New York? Who? Todd Bowles. I don't even remember his stint in New York. Exactly. Honest, exactly. Like, I mean, you exactly. You know, that's the problem with Tubbles in New York, because it was with yeah. the division. And it was a mess. Yeah, they're going against Brady now. They're now they've linked up. Good for them. Oh. <laughs> I really wonder how Tom feels about this. I, I I really wonder, given how often he beat up on Tubbles. I don't know if he lost to Tubbles in his career with the Patriots. Oh, maybe boy. once. Maybe twice. He has that on him. Now you're my coach. I kicked your ass every day for four years. <laughs> and now you're my coach. Hey, coach. So good. Listen All right. We have gotten the connection fixed. This is great. Nice. Let's bring him on. He is the voice of the Celtics. Sean Grandy joining us here on the Bostonian versus the books. Sean, Matt, and Dave, thank you. I apologize for the technical issues. Thank you for sticking with us. Hey, we've all learned so much, right? About uh, browsers and webcams. <laughs> and look how much smarter we are than we were two years ago with all this stuff. I love that hat, Dave, by the way. I have thank that. You. Uh, I wore that jersey the other day. Yeah, I got it on today. That's the Grace jersey. That's, I, you know, the kids. Awesome. You got to have the fit, Sean. That's what the kids say all the that's, time. That you is what have the, the kids fit. say. <laughs> he and has. Anytime there's, if there's a teachable moment, right, about when people say, "I used to wear this," is how I used to uh, get under the skin of some people in Boston. Sometimes I, I collect Negro League stuff, and oh. I buy from the museum. A lot of stuff goes to the family. It's awesome, and I've always I've been a longtime student, and and fan of the Negro League, and I think it just needs any more publicity. It can get all the above. But I had a uh, a New York Black Yankees jacket, which I wore, which had the, a New York logo. And you wear that in Boston, and people, you know, sometimes oh. have, have even even with my status, right, people would say something once in a while, <laughs> New York, what are you doing with a New York jacket? To which my response was always, well, if Boston had a Negro League team, I would wear one oh. that. Oh. Anyway, it's just it's a conversation. <laughs> I get that. I get that from my partner Cedric Maxwell, who always likes to get under people's skin. And well, this is what Dave does. So we all wear different hats because of Dave. Dave's hat collection is insane, Sean. I mean, like yeah. it is. It is. I don't think he's. We, we've, this is our seventy-sixth show of this program. I don't think he's worn the same hat twice. He's not even paying That's attention. One hundred percent, I've worn the same hat. Have you really, Sean? He doesn't even pay attention uh, to the show. He every day. Isn't that annoying when your own when your own partner doesn't? I wore this for you. And you didn't even notice. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, we've, all, we've all heard that. Unfortunately, yeah, we have. Uh, all right. So, what happened last night? It, you know, Bill Simmons tweeted something out that I thought was interesting. He said that was the recipe to how to beat the Celtics in the sure. postseason if you can slow the game down and frustrate Jason Tatum. Is that fair? 
Uh, I think it is. And it's a lot easier to slow the Celtics down without Robert Williams, uh, you know, running the floor and getting stops. And uh, it was a playoff type game. I'll tell you this. It was a true. It's really hard to simulate the playoffs in the regular season. That game certainly did last night. I don't think there's any question. I think Miami is too good to sweep them in a season series, which is what the Celtics were trying to do last night. It is uh, adjusting to life without Robert Williams. The, the one line bottom line thing with the Celtics is they have been their starting five has been the best starting five in the NBA and it's not close, but you take one piece out of it. And I don't want to say it crumbles, but it is how those five guys all play together. And you take one piece out of it and the, the drop-off rate has been pretty dramatic. So this is going to be, it's already been a fascinating year in the East, but to see how the horses come across the line here, one through eight and line up for the playoffs is going to be pretty fascinating. Sean, we started this show on December 14th. The Celtics were 11th in the Eastern Conference. It took him, a lifelong Boston guy, <laughs> to finally accept that the Celtics were good, I don't know, about two or three weeks ago. They're the, they were the best team in the Eastern Conference until the loss. How good are the Celtics in your eyes? You've been there and you're calling the games, watching this team. Is this the best team in the Eastern Conference? Well, first of all, I've been dealing with New Englanders. I mean, you should say forget forget my Twitter mentions and forget what he tweets. You should see my text from Bill Simmons, right? It's like part of my job has become therapy. Right? Right. Lot, uh, that, that's really what it is around here. And you have, you know, the very vocal minority and the Twitter, the Twitter minority is an extremely vocal minority and which has become around here as the Celtics. I'll give you this interesting stat. And then you can probably figure out what the response will be when I tweet it potentially as early as tonight when the Celtics clinched the playoff spot. Over the last 15 years, not 15 months, not two years, over the last 15 years, no team in the NBA has played more playoff games or won more playoff games than the Boston Celtics. Wow. Which, right. And I guarantee you, I'll probably tweet something to this effect. I guarantee you a minimum of 20 responses that say, well, they only won one championship. <laughs> and I, it's an automatic, it's an Bet automatic yes. thing, right? <laughs> and that, and I'm like, yeah, and I, to which I will say, yes, when you look at championships in the last 15 years, Boston plummets from first to fourth in the NBA of the 30 teams in the league in terms of championships <laughs> won in that time. But the point is that even two years, when I first came here 20 years ago, when I came back from Minnesota and came back to Boston to take this particular job, the Celtics went to the conference finals. And this is an object lesson about Boston and expectations and losing all touch with reality. I came here 20 years ago. The Celtics went to the conference finals. They had missed the playoffs the previous six years. They had that Antoine Walker, Paul Pierce team that went to the conference finals. And this town wanted to have a parade for that team for, for getting to the conference finals. Keep in mind, this is a town at that time that did have a parade for a player who won a championship in another <laughs> city. Ray Bork got a parade for winning the Stanley Cup right. because it was, championships were so far away. Flash forward 20 years, six Super Bowls before Tom Brady was changing coaches and maneuvering everything <laughs> in the NFL. Six Super Bowls, four World Series, an NBA title, a Stanley Cup. And two years ago, this team goes to the exact same place, game six of the conference finals, unexpected because they had lost Kyrie Irving and Al Horford and Marcus Morris and Terry Rozier. And people here, there were people here spitting on that. Conference finals. We're about championships here. Okay. Oh. And the same people here who say we're about championships are terrified of playing Brooklyn in the first round. Like, what does it matter when you play them if it's all about championships? But anyway, this is the context under which 
I think people were slow to buy in, mm. which makes sense because what's happened the last 30 games doesn't happen. A team isn't under 500, three games under 500, and then has not a five or a 10 game run, but a 30 game run as the best team in the league. So are the Celtics the best team in the East? Well, you, healthy, they have been the best team in the East when healthy. Very few teams have been healthy. And why we thought, after the unprecedented year of guys missing games, why we suddenly thought that everybody was going to be completely healthy, every team's going to be fully healthy April 15th, and we'll see in the play. That was nonsense. It was never going to happen. We knew something was going to happen. You hope it's not on your team. And for mm-hmm. the Celtics, it was. What was or was there a moment, a decision, a game where you saw something change? Was it the Schroeder, you know, move and and, and making a roster switch? Is there anything you can point to or is it just the team just started to believe in what the coach was preaching and things started to click? I think it's that everybody wants the, well, you know what? Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown went out to dinner on December 18th and they were sitting in this (laughs) restaurant or whatever. And they had this magic moment and the skies opened up and it isn't that, but, and I, I think that everybody just assumed new coach, new team president, largely new roster. Everything will just be fine and magically click into place. It doesn't work that way. It did take a lot of time for that stuff to sink in. And for maybe it took a lot of losses for, Players to say, wait a minute, uh, Ime's been saying this, the staff has been saying this over and over again, and they're showing us video clips of what we're, we're not doing that, and this is what's happening. I think after they got back from the West Coast, they won a couple of games at home. Uh, then they had a really bad Christmas trip. They let the game get away in Milwaukee. They had a, big, they had a lot of big leads early that disappeared. Um, had Then you were starting to have sort of fluke games. They shot four of 41 from three against the Clippers, which you couldn't do again if you tried, and lost that game by somehow by single digit instead of by 30, which is what happens when you go four for 41. Next game was a home game against Phoenix, the best team in the league all year, and they beat them pretty handily um, in that game. And from that point on, you started to see the corner turn. But even now, here we are in April, and there is this extraordinary, almost unprecedented disparity between the Celtics' win-loss record and their scoring differential. I'm a big fan of scoring mm. margin and differential because that's the historically the best indicator of playoff success and dominance. And the Celtics are the second best team in the NBA in that category because they're not winning close games, but they're beating people up. And that was the big complaint. Well, they're not winning close games. Well, sorry, they're beating teams by 30. What you, know, what do you, <laughs> what do you want them to do? Like let teams get back in. So they, and last night was another close game that uh, they got away late. So historically that stuff evens out. And the scoring differential tells you, but if you're not healthy, you're not healthy. They started running. They started moving. Um, the ball was moving. And it's funny because even I heard Jeff Van Gundy last night watching the replay of the game say, well, Marcus Smart was critical of Jalen Brown. He was saying he was very critical of them early in the year saying they don't pass. If you watch that press conference, and Marcus was very matter of fact about it. He said, those guys just have to learn. And he almost saying like it's going to happen, but they have to learn eventually that it's better to move the ball. and." Not so much trusting your teammates, but that the ball will come back to you. And uh, when those guys, he was exactly right, by the way. He was exactly right. And Marcus, too, fits into that category. The ball moves, the Celtics run. And yeah, Miami was able to stop him um, from doing that a little bit last night. When you're playing Daniel Tice instead of Rob Williams, your offense isn't going to move as fast. I don't think there's right. any doubt about that. But um, people will generally point to that New Year's Eve game as the short answer to the after the long answer against Phoenix when it started to turn around. Game started to get away, but you could see – Defensively, they were always pretty good. Then when they started locking in, playing together on both ends of the floor, it was it was a sight to see. It was, uh, 
you know, go find my Twitter page to see the numbers. But the Celtics run the last 30 games in terms of scoring margin was more dominant than anything we've seen in the last 20 years, including the 19 game win streak in 08, 29 and three start in the championship year, the 16 game win streak a few years ago. This run here, even with the two losses, 24 and six, whatever it is, yep. they've outscored teams by 15 a game. That doesn't happen over 30 games. Sean, I got the most uh, wins by 14, 15 points yeah. in the league, and it's not close. I think it's 15 now, however many it is. So you're looking at the East, and like, you know, my former life, I was an odds maker working in sports books and looking at numbers and stuff, and I'm trying to figure out the Eastern Conference. And I think a lot of people are right now, and it's changing. The standings are changing right now. If it's not the Celtics in the East, Who's the best team in the East? If you're looking at it and you go, man, if I had a free bet or if I, if I could pick somebody, who is going to maybe represent the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals? Well, I'll say I think maybe what happens is, and this happens with GMs and players and people making their picks, you make one and then you cling on to it. Even if other things, <laughs> the things you're seeing are like, oh, yeah, I don't very know. true. Yeah, the Celtics are, yeah, they've beaten everybody by 20 and they're having a historic run that no one's ever had before. But I, you know, let me talk myself into what I said at the start of the year, which is if you're a long time old, old NBA fan, if you're not, Google it, kids. Uh, 40 years ago, teams played in the finals two years in a row, Seattle and Washington, and they reversed the outcome. And I don't know, I was clinging to that at the start of the year. I had Phoenix over Milwaukee in mm -hmm. the finals. I So to me, Milwaukee is still a team to beat. As long as that dude is healthy and dominating in Milwaukee, they're going to be really, really tough to beat. The Brooklyn thing is, of course, they're terrifying. But with, if Ben Simmons, does, and who here believes Ben Simmons is going to, I mean, I'll believe it when I see it. You're right. asking too much of Ben Simmons to come in. Not only are Ben Simmons dealing with all the other stuff he's dealing with, you're going to ask him to come in and play. You're going to ask him to come in and play in the playoffs. You're going to ask him to come in and play in the playoffs against one of the best teams in the league and suddenly be the defensive guy that he was when he mm. was playing regularly yeah. a year and a half ago. That's too much to ask of Ben Simmons. So that's the Brooklyn thing. Uh, you know, Philly, We James Harden's got the lifetime playoff question marks. Do they have enough shooting around those guys now? Um, so I'm still, I'm still leaning Milwaukee, but I'll say this. A very good team, and we haven't said this in the East in decades, a really good NBA team with championship credentials is going out in the first round. We know that. Yes. There's five really good teams, you know, in the East. Hmm. Sean, I know you got to run, so we'll, we'll wrap with this. If you look at the season that Marcus Smart has had, and going back in the beginning of the, of the season, people were like, you know, if Boston's going to be as good as they could be, Marcus Smart needs to be the defensive player of the year. Well, right now he is the odds on favorite to be, to be the defensive player of the year in the NBA. I didn't believe it. As Dave said, like a month and a half ago, I was like, yeah, come on. All of a sudden here, Marcus Smart could very well win the award. Got ejected last night. The referees, I don't think that was a charge on Tatum, but that's me. Thought that that was a block, but what, what has changed with Marcus Smart? And do you think he winds up winning the award? I think uh, I don't think there's been dramatic changes. I think it's subtle changes. First of all, he's always been the defender that he's been. His instincts are extraordinary. I mean, he's like elite generational defender in terms of his understanding of the game and and how hard he plays. And you know, I said understanding what the other team is going to do. I think he has made he has been a much better point guard the last couple of years than people give him credit for. I think people are starting to just see that now. I think in terms of decision making. 
including shot selection, I think that's been the difference that he realized if he's going to say Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have to get better at moving the ball and playing within the context of the offense, he has to do it too. I think he made Adoka challenged him that way. And I think he has responded, you know, in terms of defensive player of the year, there's a lot of great choices to make in the league for 18 years. I think I voted, I had a vote for MVP and, and for the league awards before they changed that whole setup a couple of years ago. And when I would vote for MVP, I always started, didn't necessarily end this way, but I would start with the best player on the best team. And that's how you start. Sometimes you'd move off that. Sometimes you wouldn't. There were a lot of years I voted for the guy that didn't end up winning, but it was, you know, it was close a lot of those years. So if you're using that by that criteria, who's the best defender on the league's best defensive team? It's a good way to start. And if you're doing that, you're starting with Marcus Smart. Hmm. Sean, thank you so much for the time. I know you're super busy. Really appreciate you coming on. I love your work. Really appreciate you joining us today. You got it, guys. Thanks, Sean. Uh, Sean Grandy from the Boston Celtics boys of the Celtics joining us here on the Boston University of the book. Great stuff with him. And hey, look, at we got him out on time right at the bottom of the hour. So good, good to work, go. sir. We're, we're on time and we Correcting did it well. Traffic we're doing Excellent. well, getting people in and out in fixing and great job. Fair. I appreciate you working with him to get. Yes, that thing sir. Fixed. So we're learning all sorts of fun things about what, you know, I think he said it was just a close the browser out and open the browser back up and it worked. So yeah. who knows? one of those quirky, weird things, you know, I've seen people in Boston. He Marcus Smart was, I think, uh, sixteen to one or eighteen to one, somewhere in that range, to win Defensive Player of the Year preseason. Oh. And now he's the odds-on favorite. I think he's like plus one ten or plus one twenty. Tell you what he is right now. Take a look at this. To win it, Defensive Player of the Year, right? Yep. Dun, dun, dun. Let's see. Because it's been a while. I mean, it's his numbers have totally flipped. Plus one fifty five odds oh, on favorite. Yeah. Bam Adebayo is plus two sixty. Mikel Bridges is plus three ninety. Rudy Gobert is plus four eighty. Everything else is it's crazy. Um, He's going to win it. He's going to win the Defensive Player of the Year award, and after being eighteen to one, <laughs> like way. Not saying no one saw it coming because Marcus Smart is a really good defensive player, but. He does still have that mean streak in him. Got tossed for comments to a referee last night, which yep. I don't really, I don't hate. He got the standing ovation, which pissed off Jeff Van Gundy pretty good. But <laughs> I mean, game was over and he gave the referee a piece of his mind. And I think everybody in Boston agreed that like the game, that the last five minutes of that game was refed really interestingly. <laughs> um, not really a fan of the way the calls went. And, and I felt like a couple of times they gave the ball to Miami. It was like a 50 50 ball as to who it went off as. And they're like, yep, Miami. Like, wait. Like when I mean, like Boston challenged the charge, which I don't think it was a charge. I mean, I think it was a block, but you know, Miami played better that they outplayed Boston for sure. And I think if Boston plays against Miami in the playoffs, it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle, handle Jimmy Butler, how they handle the three point shooting. Miami is a tough matchup for Boston if they wind up seeing him. But you know, one of the more interesting things about Boston and, and Philadelphia for that matter came out this morning that Boston and Philly won't say if their team is fully vaccinated and if they go to Toronto, you have to be vaccinated to play. And they, we have five teams all bunched really tight together. Boston could wind up as the one seed or the seven seed. I mean, that's that significant. Is incredible. At this right? point in the season with this seven point. games left, how is that even possible? Yeah. They, they've got dramatic differences. So, Philly could wind up playing against Toronto or Boston could wind up playing against Toronto in the postseason. In the games in Toronto, 
you might not have the full complement, and we don't know who could be in, who could be out. Like Joel Embiid, I don't, I've never seen his status, but like that type of level player, or Jason Tatum, or he already had it. He 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 shut up. He had yeah, but you have to be vaccinated, not COVID. It, it, just because you've had COVID doesn't mean you can play. You have to oh, be vaccinated. Okay. So Tatum had a bad bout with it. Tatum was sick, almost in the hospital with COVID. Joel Embiid had COVID. I mean, every player basically in the NBA is like has had it. It's just who is vaccinated to go up there and play under the protocols for the Canadian government. And Canada won't let you in. Like you're not coming to the country. Like you just, so Boston and Philly both have to, you know, no one's talking about it yet until the series is actually set because Boston may not play Toronto and Philly may not play Toronto. But it is something that, you know, from a bookmaker standpoint, do you have to put that into account if you're talking about who could win the East? I guess so. If if Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum couldn't play in the two games in Toronto for the Celtics. All the rounds are for seven games now. Oh, right. Sorry. So, yeah, for three games. So, so potentially for for, for three. Is it 2-3-2 or is it 2-2-1-1-1? I always forget which it is. 2-2. Two, one, one, one. Perfect. That's how I like it. So, you know, you have at least two games. Except in the finals, which is still two, three, two, I think. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yep, that's right. So it's, so at minimum, there's two games in Toronto. Minimum. Correct. So if they're out for those two games and you got to win all four games in Boston. Yeah, it's going to affect the price. It's going to affect the series price. It's going to affect the damn props. (laughs) It's going to affect, it's going to affect the game numbers. I mean, it's just like the regular season. Who's playing? Who's not? It's just now you have less games and you have more eyeballs on it, more handle, and you got to get a real feel for when a play comes. At least maybe you'll know ahead of time. You know that that I mean because they can't play. You know, like going and then putting a lineup and then having it happen. That's worse. Okay. I don't know. It's it's tough. I. <laughs> Reason number 1.28 million that I'm glad I'm not in the risk room <laughs> trying to do the prices. Well, what if Tatum and them can't play and they go to Toronto and this and that? And like, oh, be- Maxi can't play or you take Harden. I mean, we don't know every player's status. So, right. If you remove a pretty large component, one of the superstar players from those games, it changes everything, changes the series price, it changes every everything. You mentioned props, it changes everything for those series and those games. So, that's a tough one for, from a bookmaker perspective. You know, we thought we were out of this. I thought we were out of this. I thought we were done having these conversations. And it's a nice little reminder that, nope, we're not out of it. And nope. it's why I'm still betting half units and not full units on games because I just don't trust this crap. It's just, it's constantly popping its head up going, oh, right. You still have to deal with that crap. We're not fully I, out of this yet. I think we buried the lead on what Sean said in all this interview about dealing with Boston people. And how everything was different twenty years ago before you people went on this ridiculous He's right. run. I, I've said this things. I my know brother, you remember. My brother is so twenty six. People don't remember tw- what it was like. I have a twenty nine year old and twenty six year old brother who have no bleeping idea what it was like in the nineties or the eighties. Have no idea. No idea. All they know is ring, 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 parade, 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 championship, championship, <laughs> win, win, win. They're Yankee fans. I mean, like it's what, it's what we are. I mean, Boston has just. Thank I mean. You. How bad is it that Brian Cashman has to blame the Astros and their cheating scandal for why they haven't won since 2009 yesterday? 
I mean, that's how bad it is for New York. They, they got to go and blame boogeymen and ghosts and say, oh, that, that's why, you know, it derailed what we had going is what his words were. Blaming the Astros still. It's 2022, dude. Yeah. It's 2022. The hell are you talking about? Okay. Boston won it in 2004, in seven, in 13, in 18. Shut up. Okay. You lost. Period. Astros cheated. Yeah. That's their problem. Not your problem. You haven't won because you haven't won. Period. Stop blaming somebody else for your own. I mean, talk about the defeatist attitude. Yankees, George Steinbrenner would fire someone on the spot for, for claiming that. With that sound, but yeah, you're right. you fire them on the spot going, you have a loser mentality. You're blaming right. somebody else for your own failure that it's yeah. not your misgood. What happens in 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, before the Astros ever did any of the cheating, you were still losing. So who, who takes the blame then? <laughs> like, it's just such a mess. It's just such a, I don't Clip know. it. Clip it right there. That'll be the, that. Would just well, it's the truth. I mean, Boston. I know fans it are, is. Get, get all the Boston fans riled up. This will be great. We we have become. We are so dominant. Like Sean said, Boston Celtics basketball. Brad Stevens' career. He never won a ring. Okay, didn't win a championship. Yeah. Brad Stevens went to three Eastern Conference Finals, but that wasn't yep. good enough because in the era of LeBron, you know, you're playing up against these incredible talented, and then Giannis. You're playing against these incredibly talented basketball players. These, these, they're you know, get paid too. Generational, like, yeah, but it's not just that. They're generational talent, and Jason Tatum is going to be a generational talent. He was just 21 years old when this was going on. Right, he was 20. He was, yeah. he was a baby. <laughs> He's 24 I didn't realize now. That there was a parade for Ray Bork when yeah. he won the Stanley Cup with the Avalanche. 100. It was embarrassing. Standing, I, I forgot about that. I remember so when he said it. Yep, but that's fantastic. Embarrassing moment for Boston, 100%. But that's where Ray was. Like, Boston fans felt like, like, this is why I made fun of the Lions fans for living through Matthew Stafford. Like, when you don't have anything for yourself to cheer about, then you live through somebody else's success. And you go ahead and say, oh, we we let you go to, because Boston did, they traded him to the Avalanche to have him go win a cup. Yeah. And then he, he came back and it was like, we want a cup because no one thought we'd see a cup again because we hadn't seen the cup. 1972 was the last time. And then somehow Boston wins it in 2011. But that's where we were. I mean, we were, it, it, we were, you know, defeatist Lions. That's fan. the only one is 2011 from 1972. That's yeah. it. Yeah. You lost it in 91, not lost it in 92. Edmonton got us both years. No, the Penguins won. Penguins beat them in 91. Beat the Bruins? Finals. Edmonton, yeah, the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, no, I'm just getting my years confused. It was yeah, 90, yeah, yeah. it was 90, 90. 91. Then. Yeah, 90, yeah, that's the year that they lost to Edmonton in the Stanley Cup. Yeah, so, I mean, they went to back-to-back. They, yeah. Right? But they only won one cup. It feels like they've won more. The Bruins? The Bruins are always there. The Bruins have won eight. In their in their history, yeah, but it just feels like they've won more. In, in oh no, but I mean, life. Bruins. I mean, lo- they lost in, in 2011. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, wow. the, the the their cup appearances have been. Yeah, they've lost a couple. Yeah, yeah, they've been there, and they've been in the Eastern Conference Finals, which it feels like every year, like when the, the divisions were. Set yeah, up 20, like 20 times Bruins have been in the Cup Finals in 2019, 13, 11, 1990, 88, 78, 77, 74. And 72 was the time they won it. So 72 and 2011. 
on the wins. Wow. So yeah, six times. Sorry, six. Not I, I thought it was I thought it was eight times. Six times in one week up. Okay. So, uh, but that's yeah. I mean, the Bruins were always kind of bridesmaids, and you know, very talented in the Eastern Conference. And the West would always have like like Jason Tatum facing LeBron. You'd have a generational talent on the other side <laughs> for the ice, and you get beat. So yeah. speaking of getting beat, did you see what happened at the end of the game between the Warriors and the Suns last night? Yes. Did you see Jordan Poole's shot? Yeah. Okay, so let's just play it out here. The line's Six five seconds and a half. Left. The line is five and a half. I'm on five and a half. The line closed at four and a half, came down, closed at four and a half. The in-game yeah. line was minus one, minus two, minus three, minus three and a half, minus four. Those are the yeah. lines I was wandering and watching and trying to figure out when was I going to jump in and take the Suns again because at halftime they were up by, I think they were down by one at the at, at halftime. Late in the third quarter, they were down by eight. Yeah. So I, I, I got minus one on the Suns last night. Okay. So I was on five and a half. I took minus one. I'm like, okay, they're going to win this game in the fourth quarter. They're too damn good in the fourth quarter. I don't care what happens in the third quarter. Fourth quarter is when the Suns make their mark and make their money, mm-hmm. which is what happened. Down by three, Jordan Poole, four seconds left. Chucks a half-court shot off yeah. the backboard. Yeah. Rebound goes to Jordan, to, to, to campaign. And they yeah. foul him. Yeah. <laughs> if you're sitting on minus three and a half, you just got the biggest gift. But if you're sitting on minus four, you're thinking, I'm going to get this. Four and a half, you're going to get this. Missed the first free throw. Yes, he did. They win by four. <laughs> <laughs> that was excruciating. I mean, I knew I was dead at five and a half. I was like, all right, I'm not going to get my first bet. And my, my pre-flop bet is dead. Five and a half, we can't get there. But I'm like, right. all right, I'm going to get to minus one. I'm fine there. But I'm like, what was like the consistent number that everybody was betting? I was sort of like scrolling through gambling Twitter. I'm like, holy crap, everyone's on three and a half or four. Four, <laughs> everybody- four, four and a half. I mean, it closed four and a half and half the places closed four and others. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the end game was all over the place. You could have taken yeah. a plus three and a half, you know, in the third quarter. Yeah. And it's so funny because I'm watching the game and, uh, you know, uh, Kendall came in and said, what are you doing? I said, I'm sitting here waiting to determine if the son's going to win this game. And she's great. She'll look at the screen and she'll look at the score and say, like, yes or no. And I'm like, is it time to take the Suns yet? You know, because I got a, right. a few Suns hats and she likes the Sixers because of the song. Okay, yeah. But the Suns, because her cousins, Coop and Owen, and my sisters and brother-in-laws, everybody lives in Phoenix. Okay. So, you know, she likes the Suns. So <laughs> she looks at the screen. She says, yeah, they're going to win. And I was like, I think it might be time. Like, but, you know, every day we say bye, son, like five, six times. I said, hi, son. Sons? <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. that. Oh, there you go. Like, yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Um, sons come in. And they set the record for wins. I think he was trying to jump into him, wasn't he? I don't know what Jordan Poole was doing. I think he was trying Point to jump shaving? What the hell? I have no idea what the hell. I have no idea what he was doing. He missed it so badly. He smacked up the backboard like a YMCA shot. It was so <laughs> did bad. You, did you see Kerr? Kerr was like, oh, no, it's okay. Yeah. It's, it, it's okay. You <laughs> wanted what, to look what, like, yeah. what, are what the doing? hell are you doing? You had like, two more seconds to get a better shot than that. Wait. I mean, it was four seconds left. You can get all the way coast to coast in three seconds. Easy. Like you can it just go so amazing how fast those guys go. I mean, like when yeah. you go watch a basketball game in person, it looks so different than on TV. Yeah. They go, they get to half court literally in like 2.2 seconds yep. with the Boom. dribble. Yep. 
just zip right there and he could have, but then he just jacked it and everybody was like, ah, what are you doing, dude? And yeah. then rebound foul. And I'm like, that's a damn gift. It's like someone just cashed. And then a gambling gods paid you off by pushing most of the people or losing for the people that had four and a half or five. Like, yeah, like, oh, you thought you had a gift. Nope. Oh, yeah. If you bet five, you thought you were golden. You're like, oh, my gosh, this is great. I was like, wow, five's going to push. This is nuts. Yeah. Four is going to cash. It's going to be great. And then four pushes, three and a half cashes and the rest. But if you were at five and a half like me, you lost. Right. That was crazy. I have no idea what Jordan Poole was doing. All right. LeBron is out. LeBron has left the team, Dave. He's gone to get that ankle evaluated. Where'd he He's go? Back to L.A. Back home. Did he actually go to Utah? No, doubtful. I probably so. probably never left, but they said, okay, we're just going to, you know, maybe, probably not. But do you dare lay 13 points with Utah tonight? This is a team that is not good right now. Utah has been bad over the last two weeks. Should they be laying 13 points? Doesn't it feel like you almost have to take the Lakers tonight? I mean, you don't have to do anything, but I mean, if you have to play this game, I don't know. What do you, what would you feel worse about laying 13 and them not covering because they're winning or taking 13 and the Lakers losing by 25. <laughs> You're I like, mean, what am I the, doing? There's only one way to play this game and you play this game in game and you just like, right. you hope that the Lakers get off to a 10 to start and that you They've get been like, so you, bad in the first quarter. P yeah, you may have to yeah. jump on it and go, listen, the, the jazz are going to win this game or it's jumping up. Lay 15 because you missed the 13 pregame and then take 28 when they're down that much. I I, I saw be the Lakers in their last game were plus 36 and a half at one point. Come on. Plus, I, I bet it just on principle because I never I've seen done that. I've never seen a 36 and a half live number before. I took him 45 and a half in an NBA game and lost. Really? Lost. Wow. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. I was, I was like, there, it was like, it's plus 36 and a half. Yep. You're giving me 36 and a half points in an NBA basketball game. Yep. How is this possible? Just, they were down 40. They're down 40 yeah. plus 36. I was like, this is so tonight. It could be a repeat of that, but I'll say this. If the Lakers lose tonight by more than 20 points, they're done because the Pelicans got beat last night. So the door is open. San Antonio got beat last night. Door is open. Okay. So there is a chance here for the Lakers to make the play in. They can make the postseason. So if they get whipped tonight, they don't want to make the playoffs. Tonight's a big show me game for the, the Lakers. Pelicans beat Portland. Sorry. So no, so but San Antonio lost. Right. So in the, a very close game to Memphis. They should have won that game. Did you see the end of that? No, Memphis should have covered in that game. They missed so many free throws at the end. I, I should have covered my number. I should have. It was. I was so mad about that. That that that. Pit, I went zero three last night betting. Celtics lost outright. Killed me. Memphis won. Didn't cover. Suns won. Didn't cover. Gambling yeah. for you, but dog night. When you bet favorites in a dog night, you get crushed. And I got the crushed. favorites went ten and one straight up yesterday. Straight up, right? But no, but not covering though. Six so. and five. <laughs> Good night for the books. Six and five is perfect every day. Don't matter who wins and loses. Yeah, Give me six and five with the point spreads and the juice. Every night. I ain't got to do nothing after that. Yeah. Books but there's a lot up. of people that had like parlay money line favorites. Yeah. You know, I got a couple of texts already this morning. Look at this ticket. Look at this ticket. Listen, 
nothing personal, but I mean, Stevie Wonder had a money line parlay yesterday in the NBA. <laughs> all right. And that's not a knock on Stevie. I love Stevie. Just I a do. statement. Acknowledgement. Yeah. Come an, on. An acknowledgement of it. Bucks plus two tonight against Brooklyn. This I get Milwaukee game plus points. Night. Game of the night in the NBA. What do you think of this game? Can't wait to watch it. I'm rooting for Milwaukee. So I'm in gaming this game for sure. I'm not betting this thing pre. Oh, you can, I don't think you can. I mean, if Kyrie is, starts shooting because if Kyrie gets off to a slow start, I'm all in. I'm on Milwaukee. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm all, I'm, I, if Milwaukee, if, if Kyrie gets off to a slow start in the first quarter, I am that team is what if fragile. he doesn't, what if Brooklyn starts fast? Well then it will be, I'll have to be careful because if Kyrie does a 60 and he's due, okay. He's Kyrie's due for one of those stupid nights. That's why I'm not, I'm not betting it. I'm very concerned that this is going to be see you in the playoffs type of game. Like, don't forget about us type of thing. KD goes for 30. Kyrie goes for 40. Harden's got a triple double. Yeah, I think you'll know pretty, pretty early here whether Brooklyn's locked in or not. Hmm. 243 and a half. <laughs> the total so high. I mean, yeah. seriously, and I'm I'm considering over. Like wow. The number is high. Yes. Right. But this is one of those numbers. Wow, Matt Holtz on ESPN right now. He is? Yeah. US Integrity, founder of US Integrity. Talking yeah. about? I have it on mute. I don't know. I have it recording. Talking about keeping the integrity of the game. ESPN, and this is on Sports Center or it's on like an ESPN2 type show? It's on, uh, it's on Matt Holtz, our Boston friend, by the way, in case you're wondering why we're knowing on, why we're like Matt Holtz. It's on Sports Center right now. Oh, wow. Uh, Matt Holtz, how I met Dave, actually. So there you go. It's interesting. There's um, the connection, how I met you. <laughs> yeah. <Matt Holt. laughs> Talking about uh, keeping things on the square for the men's basketball tournament and how you find out. What a weird thing, man. They are desperate for topics. Wow. It really is Thursday, March 31st. (laughs) They're desperate. Holy. I can't wait to watch this. They are so, if they're, they're talking about that on a sports center, that is filler content. If I've ever seen one. It's crazy because they got, they got pictures of the books and the boards and all kinds of stuff. The B-roll is incredible. It's all Vegas. I mean, we might be in some of this (laughs) B-roll. We were in the books all weekend. Um. No, I can't wait to watch the game, but it totals 243 and a half. That screams out to me. Don't make a bet before the game on the side. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, how many lead changes are going to be in this game? A lot. It's yeah. going to be. I mean, right? this is the game like, like where you talk about you can play, but you can probably wind up with like a plus five on both sides and try to feed TV and middle it. This, uh, so we saw Milwaukee play Philadelphia the other night. Learned a little bit about both teams again. What are you looking to learn in this game? Whether the the Nets care or not. Their psyche is so fragile to me. They're just, I want to know when, when they see the bull come into their building, do they see red? Like, do they go, okay, let's go. Or are they like, eh, yeah, talk to me in the playoffs. We're fine. Because that is a recipe for getting beat in the first round by somebody. 
I don't think this team is mentally tough. Oh my. I don't think the I don't think the Nets are mentally tough at all. I think they're very fragile. They all have their KD own individual. included. KD yes. looks like really. KD? Of course, KD's mental. I mean, come on. He's one of the more fragile. He might be the most mentally fragile superstar in the game. Wow. Dude's got more. Dude's got rabbit ears. He's got more burner accounts than a 16 year old. Yeah. That's what he's done. He cares about things that he shouldn't care about. Like, hmm. you know, the whole idea of like the, the wolf doesn't care about the feelings of the sheep. He's got a sheep mentality being a wolf. He cares a lot about what people think about him. Ooh. I don't know. He, I mean, he play. He's playing. Looks different. It's, it looks a little different, but because he's playing with two problematic personalities, is how I'll describe it. That's why. Who's the other one? Harden and Kyrie are both problematic personalities. Well, Harden's in Philly now. He's only. Oh, I'm sorry. So, so yeah. So sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, uh, who is no? So one Kyrie. Simmons is not. We'll see what Simmons is going to wind up being. I don't know. I'm with Sean. I don't think he's going to play. Well, okay. So here's the problem. If you, you can sell it to the fans as to it was a long-term decision. It was a long-term deal. So, Hey, we are here with Kyrie and we're here with KD and we made this decision to, to, to send Harden to Philly. We made this decision to, to bring in Simmons because we feel like eventually he'll be back next season to being number one pick overall Ben Simmons to throw him into the fire of the postseason is almost if he does legitimately now, and, and there's nothing to say he doesn't, but if he legitimately is dealing with mental issues and confidence problems and not liking the blowback. There's nothing more intense in the NBA than the playoffs. Right. And you're going to throw him into that for the first time without playing an entire season, without playing with his teammates. No. You can, you do that. I mean, it's almost malpractice to do that. That's it's a almost unfair. failure. Is it not? hundred yeah, percent because you, you, you and can't the team. Like, right. You can't fall back on that. Like, remember when we were in December and we were in Denver and we were down by 10, and right. we had to we had to, to to find a way. We found a way. Like you have those those moments where you can fall back upon as a teammate that like you know what to expect in that moment. In the playoffs, Simmons is going to have no idea what to expect out of Kyrie and KD, none. So, or his head coach for that matter. <laughs> like Steve Nash continues just to just like just uh, just go <laughs> you know, just here's the ball like go like how much coaching is that guy actually doing like you know. So I, I don't, don't know. know like how much coaching you have to do when you got all of this, you do all the coaching. I tell the kids that all the time, like we do the coaching in practice. I mean, the managers pull moves in baseball, like take right. this guy out, pinch it for this guy, change the pitcher. Okay. In basketball, I mean, you run the rotation, but like when a guy's hot, you just let him play. Like he's, you know, maybe you tell him who to cover and then, I mean, if I was Steve Nash, I'd have, I'd ask all the time. Like I ask my players when I'm coaching now, are you good? Like, if you're not good, don't play second base today. I'll get someone else. Like, I thought you were good. If you're not good, don't play. So I don't know how much coaching they got to do in the NBA. And obviously, I mean, I don't know. Nash is doing much of it at all during the game. Just stands there. Yeah. Best seat in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Watches the game. Sometimes it looks like he wants to just go out and run the offense a little bit. Well, you know, 
might not be a bad move. Just watch the first quarter. That's all I'm saying. Watch and see where Kyrie is. And if Kyrie's going nuclear, stay away from Milwaukee. If he, if they don't care, be all over the Bucks. All right, Dave. Last night, press conference here in Las Vegas. We knew yesterday during the show that the F1 race was coming. Holy shit. What is now, going on with this? Now we have the actual track oh for this. God, did you see this? Tell the people. Well, for starters, it's one of the longest tracks on the F1 circuit. So the first thing that pointed, people pointed out was, whoa, that's a long track. Who knew? It goes for a mile and a half straight away, right down the Las Vegas Strip. They're going to go like 200 down that strip. Yep. You know, 200 miles per hour down the Las Vegas Strip. They're just going to zip. They're going to go around the sphere, which is interesting. And the way it was designed, the rumor was when this thing first started, the rumors kicked around probably like early February. The first thing people heard was the most expensive ticket for the race is going to be on the high roller because the high roller in Vegas is going to be able to see the entire track. So five minutes as you go around, but (laughs) you can just stay on it for the entire race as it goes around and around and around. And How those long is t- an F1 race left? Long. It's like a NASCAR race. Three it's like a, hours? It's like two hours. Yeah, it's a long race. So you go up there and like it's a long race. So like people are, you may be able to see that from the observation. Have you rode the high roller? Of course, multiple times. It's a half hour ride. Right. So you just, as I mean, they're going to sell tickets. The most expensive tickets in the whole thing might be in the high roller because they have a bar. Okay. Food. You know, just go around and around. Did you see Meltz's post last night? About what? Post- he, had, he, he had a, bun- a bunch. Mark he was Meltzer. out at the Cosmo. Yeah. And he went out on the balcony. He said, how much is this going to be November yep. 2023? How much and, is that room going to so, be? So, okay, let's start that off. Hold on. It's November during football season. <laughs> Sanity. Are you okay with that? No. Okay. It's a Saturday night in November. Are you okay with that? No. Are you okay with shutting down the strip for a week pre and post in November? Listen, I don't care how much money these people are going to pay us. <laughs> we ain't getting in no studio out on a strip. <laughs> we ain't doing it because how in the hell we're going to have to leave. We're going to have to get a room. If you stay work there out on the strip, but the problem is the gonna tri- are you going to work. They're going to triple the rates, quadruple, quintuple the rates for staying there. But so, but you told me and like Gabe told me like they're going to get it. People oh yeah, are going to come from 100%. all over the world that have nothing but Bellagio, money. Bellagio, Wynn, Encore, and one other casino are the, or the flagship hosts of the event. Resorts World is not? I don't believe so. No. We see the With email. All that, their connections overseas and all stuff. I thought the they email. Would let's see the email that I got wow. uh, from. Let's see from F one. Uh, let's see your the official. Uh, okay, so the official are. Uh, it's Win and Las Vegas. Win and Encore are like right. essentially like the the flag flagship ones, right? Um. And then Bellagio, but mostly it's and then Caesars, Caesars Palace. Oh, makes sense. Those are those are the ones that have the most are the official casino partners. Of man, it. oh man, 
It's going to be incredible. No, it's going to be a nightmare. I don't want to go anywhere near there. I don't know what to, I, a part of me, like watching the, how they're going and like around and like what they're doing, like, it's just going to be an amazing experience. And then I started to ask people questions about like, all right. So when they go to Miami and Monaco and they do these road courses when, and, and they do this, like, what do they do? They're going to set up Dave bleachers, full on scaffolding on the strip. Like they're going to shut the thing down for a week to get it ready for the race. Like the traffic before, like what happens? They don't even do that for New Year's. Like New Year's is so many people come to strip. I mean, they close the exits and they close. Well, they let people walk. I mean, remember like they do it for the, for for the marathon, right? So they close the strip and let people run up and down for the marathon. So they, they, they do do that where you have temporary bleachers being set up. Right. But like these people are going to be spending so much money to be that close to the race that these aren't going to be like your, what I was told now, these aren't like your traditional, like metal bleachers. Like these are like legitimate, very nice setups that they're going to have in up and down the strip. Cause that's where everyone's going to want to be. Cause the start finish line is going to be the strip and you're going to have, you know, I just had 200 mile per hour cars whipping down Las Vegas Boulevard, right down, right down the strip. And then it's going to wrap around the sphere and come back around and it's going to go right by the stadium. And it's going to be, I mean, the highway is going to be 15 right next to the strip is going to be a nightmare. Everything. I, I, I don't know. I'm so happy that we're getting it. Okay. I think it's gonna be absolutely incredible. But when you go to sign up for the newsletter, it gives you the list. It's every country. It's like, it asks you, which country are you coming from? It has every country in the world on there. Like the amount of money, like we're talking about like the 1% of the world coming here, not like American 1% rich people, 1% in the world (laughs) are going to be coming to Las Vegas for this event. November of 2023 in football season on a Saturday night. We'll have have college football. Sounds like a perfect time for us to do a show at the Bahamas. <laughs> it's a great point. <laughs> it sounds like a perfect time. November, it's really windy. Get the hell out of here. Uh, flights will be cheap time. out. I mean, flights getting out of here will be cheap. Whoa. <laughs> we'll be out of here with no sweat. Can you imagine what people are going to pay to come? The flights are going to be jacked up. The rooms are going to be through the roof. Somehow, all the restaurants will be having ridiculous you know, price increases. Uh, increases. I mean, I like, mean, okay, so like, I always laugh about this. So the Flamingo during CES is $600 a night. That's, what's that's it? Should oh what's God. what's the Flamingo going to run? What's the Flamingo going to cost somebody to stay there during the F1 race? I don't know. $1,800 a night? It's 99 guys, guys, it's $99 a night, and that's ridiculous, but like $59 plus. Uh, it's $59 a night plus the resort fee to stay at the Flamingo. So it's basically $99 a night to stay at the Flamingo. During CES, it's $599 to stay there. What's the what's the rate to stay at the Flamingo during F1? I'm saying I'm saying $1,800. It's I'm, double? I would no, think. I'm saying triple. I'm saying $1,800 a night to stay there. People going to pay that much for the Flamingo? You got to stay somewhere. You need a bed. You're coming in. You got to rest. You know, people always say, I have the room. I don't ever stay in the room type of thing. Oh, okay. I like to sleep. (laughs) I like to put my head down and go to bed somewhere. I mean, at some point, point. you ain't going to be happy if you do that. 
You're going to leave and go, man, I, I paid 1800 for that room. <laughs> Five nights. What? The flamingo? That's, I, I'm serious. I mean, that's all. I always laugh. If you look at January, look at like third. What is doing with this graphic? Oh, there this it is. is. Yep. Amazing. That's there's, the, look at that. There is the Trek. There is the actual F1 track. So if you see. So they're going to drive the back road. There is paradise. Yep. Correct. Yep. Right by the state, right by here is, you know, over the top left-hand corner. That's the MGM sphere. Okay. Yeah. The straightaway in the back. That's the strip. So then it wraps around, goes around the Bellagio fountains. On the, on the right there and comes back on the back side of the link and all that. And, and the, the middle is the high roller and it goes all the way back down and then it wraps around back to the strip. It's insane. They're going to be going watched, so fast. I watched the F one thing that they had here in like 2007, whatever it was, it was it's like indie cars. I don't know what it was, but it, they, they went down main street. And okay. me and another guy went to the roof of the Golden Nugget parking lot and watched. Have you ever driven down. in one of those things? Are you crazy? No, I have. You've driven one of those cars? Not, not me personally. I've been in the back. Helmet on. How yeah. fast did you go? They were, uh, we were going 90 on the highway. Oh, car, car wasn't even moving. Engine wasn't even working. Not even like a little. Not even a little. <laughs> I don't know if I really ever want to drive. It was, a, like it was an Indy car. It wasn't an F1. So I guess I got to yeah. correct myself. It was an Indy car okay. that I was in. I wasn't, but it was an open wheel Indy car with helmet on driving. I, were you nervous? No, I was with a professional driver. I was a pro with a pro. It's just, you're so low to the ground. It feels like, like when I, when I went bobsledding in, 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 in Utah, it was the same feeling. Like, there's just not a lot between you Wait, and the ground. So you buried the lead again. You went on a bobsled. Oh yeah. So I, I, I when I was in Park City, Utah, so I, I went on the on the Olympic bobsledding track. Did in that. a bobsled. Yeah, in a bobsled. In a solo. No, nah, four people. Four quad. Run, 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 run. Get in, get in, get in, go. You did that. Yeah, it was super fun. It's super fast. It was going. Uh, I think we were going Who like drove a professional driver. Oh, okay. I was going to try these things. You're kidding me? No, like this me, is like, you, Pharaoh. No, no. And, it would be and, three and of us. Everson. We're in the back. Hey, we're here to ride the thing. Yeah, and then there's a driver. Then the three of us go ahead and you go one, two, three, and you go. And it's like the first turns, it's like you can't breathe because it's like, oh my, the G forces really get you. It's really, it's super fun. But like when you're this low to the ground, same thing with the Indy car, when you're that low to the ground, like it's insane how you're like, I'm going really fast and there's literally like, Six inches between me and a lot of pain. Oh my God. <laughs> so that's that's the same situation with indie cars and, and you know helmets banging around. You bang your head against like four or five different things and didn't do that. And it didn't bang around in the indie car, but in the in the bobsled, you bang around pretty good. Was it around. loud or did oh, that so helmet loud. keep the, it is loud? Oh, no, it's so loud. It's it's yeah. you can't hear. I mean, you can barely hear the person in front of you screaming because they're screaming half the time, like going like, oh, like the G-forces when it really, when you really go around a, a, a big turn. But yeah, it's really fun. That's really so, fun. Yeah, I've done a lot of cool crap in my, in, 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 in my life. But like, so I, I wonder, like, I guarantee you this, F1 will have media rides. They, they will put the media in those cars and drive them around the track. 100%. Not oh. with us, but like it'd be local news. Local, your local sports guy will be your score you know, woman oh, anchor or whatever. Oh, there's a way we could get it done. I'll get it done. All right. Take a ride. Yeah. Take a ride. Like, 
it's it, I it, shit my pants to be perfectly honest. Well, the, the most I'll say this. The most interesting thing is how quick it gets off the line. <laughs> it's just like zip. It's like, wow. It's like, it's unlike anything. It's crazy. I hate it's that feeling. how fast it goes. Zero to six. Like it, like you're like your body's like back there and you're up there. You're like, wait, 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 wait. It's like, it's just totally like the separations. Like, Oh my gosh, where am I going? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's really fun. I mean, it's, I, I, I think it's awesome, but I'm also not looking forward to what this city is going to look like with it. I mean, so I, I was talking to someone on Twitter about this last night, but we, 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 we mentioned it. Like people have to recognize the run that Vegas is starting in April because we're going draft in April of 2022, regional final in 2023 of March, F1 in, February, in, in November of 2023, and the Super Bowl in February of 2024. We have an F1 race in the Super Bowl in a four-month period. With New Year's in between. And Christmas. And hockey. And football. And UNLV. <laughs> and uh, I mean, what, what if, if the Raiders are good? Like, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't really matter if they're, if they're good or not. They're in, they're in the division. Every game is going to be must-see TV. Every I mean, game they're probably going to have at least two home games national broadcasts, right? Uh, maybe more. Maybe more. I would say more. I think they're going to clamor because of how crappy the NFC might be. I think you could easily see Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night. I could, I could see. I don't know. Is every home game in Vegas versus the division is it yes i'm gonna say that all three home games against the division are nationally televised games for the raiders i'm calling that now well, it's it's possible i mean i mean with the super bowl the here the year after too mm-hmm. like they feature the city where it's, it's coming. at like you right. can kind of weave them in yep and you know Russell Raiders versus Broncos, Raiders versus versus <laughs> Chiefs, and Raiders versus Chargers. Those three games will all be nationally televised games. Maybe yeah. not all three home games, but no, I think all three home games. Yeah, I think all three home games in Vegas will will be nationally televised. Yeah, it could be, wow. and then the, I think you, you could have more charge at the Chargers could be nationally televised, at the Broncos could be nationally televised, at the Chiefs. Um, but I think the games in Raiders, I think Raiders versus Chiefs, a hundred percent is national. Raiders versus Chargers is probably the one question, but Raiders versus Broncos, 100%. It's going to be nationally televised. 100%. It's going to be wild. It it really, it's it's going to be nuts. All right, for our props.com story of the day, if you guys go to props.com, you guys can check out a really cool story that Patrick Everson has put out on the Masters, uh, Masters wagering here. And well, our guys... Circa decided to put up some interesting props on Tiger right when we got done. Dave, are you are you coming around to the idea? Matty Metcalf tweeted at you about what he set the market at for some of the props. Is that a trap or is that something of interest to you? I try to get him on the show today. He might <laughs> come on tomorrow. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I love this answer. Uh, you know, I put it up to get hammered. Um, and it's getting hammered. I mean, everybody's betting that he's going to play. Just can't keep betting it. So um, hard to yeah, say no, I mean, though, right? I mean, what's that? It's hard to say no that he's not going to play. It's hard to say no. I mean, 
those guys are saying it, like just taking the bets. They said no at the beginning when it was pick him. And the market has spoken. He's playing. So we shall see. Um, when did you say the deadline was to play? You got to get what? it done the Friday before? Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it's, it may be Saturday, but I mean, it's obviously he has to make a, you know, he has to make a decision. Right. So it, it opened with, t- will, will Tiger complete one or more strokes in the Masters at minus yeah. 295 to the yes? No plus 235. Will Tiger make the cut minus 102 to minus 118? And then Circa put the finishing spot for Tiger at 47 and a half. And Metcalf said the Tiger to complete one stroke was put up to be hammered. My goal is for it to be one sided at minus 4,000 before we close it. It's close. Is that a a trap? It's close. Check the price right now. Minus 4,000. Yeah. That he wants, that Circa wants their number to be. He ain't even playing when he says it, too. Like he, he's, this is, See, this is why I love what they're doing because they're okay putting up a number and letting people bet both on having an opinion and not worrying about the result. I mean, they want to win, right? But the limits are what they are. And if they they get it, won't they get it back on other bets? Like they'll get it back on other things. That's what I mean. Like if if they blow 20,000 to it, the limit's a dime, right? Was a dime on that. Okay. So if you got to bet it 20 times. They go from pick them to minus 4,000 or however they're moving it. I don't know. <laughs> but um, let's see. The Masters Tiger props. His finishing position is up to 50 and a half. Wow. Tiger Woods complete one or more strokes in the Masters. Yes is minus 1,000. Okay. <laughs> so it opened at no, minus 295. <laughs> so it's five times. It's almost five times higher now. It's four times higher. Uh, or three and a half. Yeah. Well, the Masters will Tiger Woods make the cut is still minus one ten. Wow, two K a, a pop on those. Masters uh, complete one or more strokes. The limits two K on that now too. So that's Ooh. good. I mean, they're taking bets. This is what you're supposed to do, and they're getting talking. I mean, I couldn't wait to to respond to him last night. I was texting with Benson and uh, seeing who was available to come on the show. So hopefully we could talk to them and just get it straight from the horse's mouth. But it's awesome. Either way for them, I mean, I don't know if anybody's sitting in the room going, <laughs> I hope we don't play. Somebody might be saying, I hope we don't play. Right. We'll pick up some money. But but if he plays, you're going to do so much handle. Like, so either way, it's it, it's a win-win. When Tiger's playing, it's better. And the story and everything else, the eyeballs it brings, it's better. So I hope he plays. I still don't think he will. You still think he's not playing? My cincher cincher was when Jim Nance talked about it yesterday. Oh, did he? Yeah, he said it would would be an incredible incredible sports moment if and when Tiger Woods can play in the Masters. And like, I was like, okay – you had a chance to say, like, look, guys, let's temper expectations here. Right. And he said he talked it up, not down. And oh, I he's went, playing. I'm I with went, you. All though. right. Somebody told him something. <laughs> like somebody, somebody tipped off Jim Nance because yeah. he knows what he's going to be able to do. Right. As I said, this guy's going to get this incredible week of, you know, of verbal erections with the Final Four, Tiger, National Did Championship. You just say verbal erections? Yes. <laughs> 
So <laughs> that's, what he's, that's what he's going to get. That's what he's going to have. So it's just, he's going to be so excited about all this because he, he has the week of weeks. I mean, who gets to do this? Call the final four, call the national championship and call Tiger coming back to the Masters. That's a stupid week for anybody in sports broadcasting. And then how do you go to like Myrtle Beach and do the, the, the Hilton Head Classic, like whatever the following? I like, think he takes vacation. I, I think Jim Nance disappears for like. I think he should go. Yeah. He just, I think he just, I think he does. I think he disappears. I, I think Jim Nance is just MIA after the Masters. He just, he, he goes. I, he you don't see be. him. You don't see him again until. I don't know, like some, maybe a major. If CBS has another major, he'll, he'll call a major. I don't know who has what this year for broadcasting, but right. NBC gets involved with, with like the PGA and the British and other, the other major tournaments. So right. it's, 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 it's neat. All right, let's get to our betprep.com prop of the day. Hit yesterday with an over. Lamella went for 15 assists. Nice. Didn't just get there, got way over. So they're going back, same bet, but different player now for the Brett Prep prop of the day. Kevin Durant tonight to go over uh, five and a half assists okay. for Kevin Durant. Yep. Best line is, again, at the Canby books of Sugar House, Bet Rivers. He's averaging 6.1 assists per game. Yeah. Has gone over this his last seven games played after a win. Has gone six of seven against a team with a winning record, Milwaukee. Five of the last six games at home, Durant has gone over this. Durant and Kyrie played together eight times in March. Durant has averaged 6.87 assists per game during that time and has recorded at least six or more assists 85% of the time, six of eight. He's played the Bucks twice. He went one and one. Back in October, he had four assists in the first game of the season. And then back in January on the 7th, he had seven assists here on that. The bonus play, by the way, that came out yesterday was net was Nuggets in the first quarter. Nuggets led 43-15 after the first quarter yesterday, <laughs> laying four. Okay. So we're they're they're coming back with another bonus play, which is a bet that I have for the uh for, for better to book it. So I'm not going to give it give it away yet. We'll get to it here in a second, but it's okay. part, it's all my better to book it bets. But they but bet prep agrees with me on the side to be on uh, for that game. But what do you make of Durant tonight up against the Bucks? You like him over five and a half assists? Two forty three and a half. So I need to know over. Yeah, right. Everything's I mean, over that total. I'm not looking to play this under. Um, would you say his average was six points one? What's the juice on this over five and a half? Minus one thirty. Fair. Uh, let's see. Make sure that these all numbers jive. Kevin Durant. Wow. See, it's funny because now, like, I, I just clicked Fanduel and hit refresh. It's six and a half under minus one forty eight. Interesting. So you got to keep the arb guys off of that. You know, you got to make the juice rather than go to five and a half like everybody else. They're using six and a half. Just juicing the crap out of it, minus 148. So you have to, if you want to try to lay under six and a half. Oh, I see. So if, it's w, if you're going over five, five and a half at yeah. Bet Rivers, go under six and a half at FanDuel, try to get them both in middle at six. Yeah, but they're making it cost. Right, expensive, so you can't do it. Yeah, so it. it doesn't really appeal to those people. You saw that article I sent you last night 
Um, well, let's let's talk about that before we do better to book it. Yeah, I think it's 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 really a, so. But Durant over five and a half, we like it. Yes. Yeah, I would I would I would say yes, yes. Okay, so the article Dave's talking about, which is a really interesting interesting piece, fascinating, work. isn't it? I thought yeah, it was really well written. It was good. Very well explained. Yep. Very well. Um, I thought it was an article that wasn't like I, I I don't think people can like straight up copy it. I'm trying to pull it up. There was no uh, slant at all on it. I you know I didn't think. Yeah. So it was done by Bloomberg. Okay. Right. It was done by Bloomberg. The, the the headline of the article is the can't lose betting strategy that's taking the gambling out of sports gambling. Yes. Caesars, DraftKings, FanDuel, and others have been handing out untold millions in sign up bonuses. Coupon clipping types are playing them against each other to make risk-free bets. And this cites a website and a website that has been sort of helping people do this, which I had never heard of this website before, mm-hmm. but it makes perfect sense that somebody would try to create a, a website or some type of opportunity to teach normal people who maybe, you know, okay, According to this article, you have to have a bankroll of about $15,000 to pull this off. But if you have a bankroll of like $15,000, you can do a lot of damage by taking both sides. And we've talked about this, about people going into states and just setting up shop and betting on both sides and having these risk-free wagers like crazy come come through. Mm -hmm. Darkhorseodds.com is the website. Do you think when this goes mainstream like this and Bloomberg is writing about this, does this scare the books? Does this make them kind of go, uh-oh, are, you know, I'm, we're being exposed for some bad business practices? No. If you don't know that that's going on now and you're in a book. You well, no, they know about it, but the public now knows about it. Like it was, they may have known that it was a lost leader, but they were comfortable having it being a lost leader. But now <laughs> when it hits the mainstream, more and more people might go, oh, that's a really good idea. I'm going to do that. Yeah. That's why everybody in the books and stuff are talking about customer retention instead of customer acquisition. Okay. Things are going to go away. Told them at the beginning. But how does it go away? Give away in, the money to okay, do but how does it go away in California, Texas, Florida, Massachusetts, when the new, every time Ohio, every time Maryland, every time a new state goes up and starts taking bets, we see the same playbook being used every mm-hmm. single place. Yep. So why will it be different in those new states than in the old states? More articles like that. Okay. Folks will go, wait, what are we doing? Why are we going to do this? You know, I mean, this article, the headline's great. They can't lose betting strategy. That's because it is the gamble out of sports gambling. He's right. Like it's it's you can't lose doing this. You have to you, you have to have the time and the money to do this. Okay. So not everybody's yeah, but you can scale it. I mean, yep. if you want to make X number of dollars, you need, you know, and they follow this to a playbook, to, you know, to a T, you need 15,000. I mean, you could have 1,500. You're just only going to make a dime yeah. instead right. of 10 dimes. Right. Know? I mean, you know, so, but I mean, it's still free money. And if you want to maximize, it's like playing the, you know, the slots and not playing the maximum. Like you can still win. You just won't win as much. This is, it's just can't lose means can't lose. So you've heard can't lose many times in this town, gambling everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just can't lose. You're on both sides of the same game. Yeah. So, I mean, you're laying minus 110 plus five, minus 110 minus five. You know, you're just putting on both sides and you're free rolling it. And I mean, this is what you guys offshore knew 
And so what you required was a 20x rollover and said, yeah, we'll give you five grand. You got to bet it 20 times. You can't just bet it once. The to, take it it. Yeah. to take it out. Yeah, to, to take it out. You got to bet it 20 times to get the money. All these other books, it's just a one-time bet it once. You win, great. That's, that is just flabbergasting to me. Like, it I blew my believe. mind. I, I couldn't believe it either because I, did, I, mean, I did this in New Jersey. When I went to New Jersey, I did this. I only made 500 bucks, but I did this. Yeah. <laughs> and I made 500. I, I, my trip was, I came out in the green plus 500 doing this exact thing, betting on both sides, taking the, taking the deposit bonus, betting on both sides, sat in my hotel room, took me 30 minutes to do it. <laughs> took me 30 minutes to make five longer to get the money it took me way longer to get the money they wouldn't give me the damn money it was pissing me off it was i was i was i was so mad about that that pissed me off i i was like give me the damn money yeah. so they finally they finally gave me the money because I, I couldn't get it couldn't get my account to be registered and i'm like i don't i'm not in new jersey anymore give me the money right they finally you know, gave me the money but it's like 500 bucks it wasn't like i was making a ton of money on this but it's like i i went there thinking okay wait it's a one-time rollover. Yep. And if I do this and I do this on three different apps and I'm going to get X number of dollars guaranteed on a sign-up bonus, I go ahead and bet both sides of the same game guaranteed to make money. Yeah. And I can take it out after betting it once. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, this is what do you nuts. Think people are flying there for the weekend for. Yeah. It makes total. I mean, it totally makes sense. No. Right. If, if, if you have the, the, if you have the, the bankroll and the know-how and you've seen it and understand it. It makes perfect sense to do it when Maryland and Ohio go legal. It makes perfect sense. I should have done it in Arizona in the first week, but things have really dried up in Arizona. But in the first two to three weeks of any state going legal, read this article and you can go and do this. The in and like these are why the New York numbers were so crazy because people were doing this by the thousands. And it jacks your handle through the roof, not yeah. your hold percentage, but your handle goes through the roof. And this is what's going to happen in Ohio. It's going to happen in Maryland this year. This will happen when these, when Maryland and Ohio go legal, Ohio, end of the year, Maryland, some point in the fall are the next two big States to go legal. When they go legal, this article will be repeated. People come to Vegas for decades and come to gamble on the weekend and hope to break even or pick up a couple times. You can fly to any one of these states and do the same thing. You get a room, you sign up for all the accounts, you do this, you guarantee winning. Like it's going to get out. And, and, and I think the books have to, you know, at some point they got to go, what, what are we doing? I mean, we, we saw this stuff, the same thing I saw offshore years ago. And it's trickling down. The, the, the interesting little thing, the one, one, the one part about this article that it didn't talk about, because it's referencing Caesars, DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, the four big boys, right? Yeah. The new angle to this is if you're a small book without market share, you're copying their playbook to get players. So these guys might tone it down, but the little guy's not. Right. The little, the little guy's going to come in and say, all right, so you won't offer a grand? Well, Dime deposit match, everyone, yeah. dime, 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 everyone who wants it, come get it because they've got to figure out a way to get them away from the big four. Right. That is the one piece they didn't talk about because I think in the states that have licenses up for grabs, Maryland and Ohio are both pretty easily to get licenses in those yeah. states. 
those are the states you're really going to want to watch. It's the states that will make it difficult to get a license. I think Massachusetts is going to be a real pain in the ass to get a license. It's going to be super expensive. I'm not sure they're going to even do it. Yeah, they may not even do it. So like I, I at the earliest, everyone's really nervous because Charlie Baker, the governor of Massachusetts, has been very pro-gambling and he's leaving. His term is up at the end of the year. And whoever comes in behind him, people are like, if Baker doesn't do it in 2022, it's going to be 2026 before Mass even gets it. They may be one of the, one of the last states in the entire country to actually do it. But if they do figure out a way to get it done, then they'll obviously that state will be a difficult state to get a license in. The easy states where you've got the you know 15 different books, the books at the bottom half are going to do this. They're going to offer a ton of money for free. <laughs> With minimal rollover. Yep. With one. No, with one, because that's all like you, you will still have. They the, won't do one. They can't afford to. They need to get, at least give you a shot to get it back. I think they'll do like three times or five times. Rollover. Who's doing that now? No one's doing that now. They don't have to. Well, they will. I mean, I, I don't think they can afford to do three times because the because people will say, wait a minute, that guy's not making me do that. I'm going there. It's all about competition. If one, it's just like paying for parking here in Vegas. Yeah. Once one person does it and everybody can do it. Same thing. Once one person stops charging, you know, oh, wait, I'll go park there if I can. So like, it's the same type of thing where like, if one person's letting you withdraw after one bet and that guy's at three, everyone's going to play with the guy who's at one. Yep. So that's a problem. It's just definitely a problem. In, in the books. I mean, look, you're on the book side. I'm not, I don't worry about their bottom line, but the books have got to figure out a way to make money on this and <laughs> they ain't making money on this. I could tell you that. Nope. <laughs> I mean, and it's lower than a whole percentage. They got yeah. still got to pay the taxes. You take 10,000 in bets, 5,000 and 5,000, right? We're me and you go to Arizona. We do this. Mm-hmm. Say we each bring five dimes. We come back. We each make 2,500, whatever it okay. is. Right. Um, we go and bet this. 5,500, 5,500, collect the money. And then the book pays taxes on <laughs> 10,000 in bets, 11,000 in bets, 5,500, 5,500. And it made those 11,000 and made a nickel. <laughs> they lost 6K. Made a dime. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, like I don't, it, yep. it's just, it's, it's hard. It's a hard business. And it's the promotion's interesting crushes it so go read the article on bloomberg it's really really interesting all right time now for better or book it plays i have made this play is also liked by our friends at betprep.com they've got some more in-depth stats than me but i am back on the pistons plus 11 against philly it's 10 and a half now yeah sixers three seven and a half now painted damn clv uh i got what it's too high. Way too high. 11 was way too high. 10 and a half is too high. Three, seven and one ATS over the last 11 games for Philly. One, four and one over the last six road games for Philly. Pistons are 15, two and two ATS over the last 19. They are seven, oh and one as home underdogs in their last eight games. And they are nine, oh and one ATS against a team with a winning record over their last 10. Betting or booking Pistons plus 11 tonight. Betting is too high. Way too high. I think nine and a half might be too high. Uh, I mean, we talked about it. The, the Pistons aren't winning games, but they're keeping them close and competitive. Right. There's nothing the Sixers need more than blowout right now. 
I think they need just to calm everybody down. That yeah, they gotta. Sorry. I mean, they gotta like you know kick somebody's ass right now and yeah. get that confidence back, that swagger back. I think there's a lot of doubt in Philly. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not laying eleven on the road against a team that. I mean, would you say yesterday with the Pistons or two days ago? They got one of the best records in the NBA in the last 15 games or something like that. Well, no, their record. Yeah. Their record against the Eastern conference after covering their last game as double digit dogs, they are 30, 17 and one against the Eastern. Yeah. 30, 17 and one. We're not taking a Sixers laying on points. No way. No 20, 24 and one against the East for Philadelphia. And on the road, they have a good record. 21, 15 and one, but over the last 10, three, six and one for Philly. They're better on the road than they yep. are at home. Home ATS. They've always been that way. That's the, the, that's the Joel Embiid tenure for Philly is that they are better ATS on the road than they are at home. Why? I have no idea. <laughs> well, He's more focused, whatever it might be. They better win this game. I can tell you that the, the Sixers. They got. You can do. Game. By the way, you can do a parlay of. Philly money line with my next bet without laying the points for minus 110. If you want to do a little two, what's like, the, I think what's the next bet? So let's go with the next bet. The next bet is tonight's NIT final Texas A&M laying four and a half to Xavier. So we were done with the college basketball until Fun- oh, you said you were going to bet the final you championship. Okay. It's got to get to the championship game. Okay. Right, so tonight's, the, tonight's the championship. We know we got locked in motivation. Teams want to play. AM money line plus Philly money line to minus 110. If you want a two leg money line parlay, you want to jump okay. in on that. Uh, but you have a team in Texas AM that I like a lot. And against the spread, going back all the way to the 15th of February, Texas AM has only failed to cover three times. Damn. They have been a machine three in a row, eight of the last 10, 12 and seven on the road. The only times they didn't cover was against Alcorn State in the opening round of this NIT. They won by 12, laying 18 and a half. They lost to Tennessee in the SEC tournament as plus six and a half dogs, lost by 15. On the road to Vandy, they lost by five as four-point dogs, and that's it. Every other game has been a win and a cover for them, and they've only failed to cover once when they've won the game. And that was against Alcorn state when they won by 12 laying 18 and a half, when they win, they cover this line's a little high it's four and a half. It's down to four at some places, but betting or booking Texas A&M minus four and a half tonight. Betting it. Xavier's not been good. ATS three and 10 ATS six and eight on the road. Five 15 and one against the big East, but this is a SEC What's the, team. Is, is this buzzes the coach of A&M? Yes. Buzz Williams. They were Xavier, Xavier, fi- Xavier fired their coach and now they're in the in the NIT final. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, wait, what? How the hell did this happen? I didn't buzz. I mean, they probably all felt like they should have been in the NCAA. Correct. Me. Yeah. I was everybody did. Everyone. Like, this is the FU to the committee if they win this. Thing. I was just gonna say it. You took the line right away from me. This is the right. FU to everybody. We're gonna yeah. go win. They I mean, would they win that last game against Washington State by 25? I mean, they uh, destroyed them. They won by 16 final, but they were up by 25. Yeah. Two-point favorites, one by 16. Two and a half against Wake Forest, one by 15. Four points against Oregon, one by 15. They've won every game in the tournament by double by double digits. 
so far. Thank you. Continue. Yes. Okay. A&M to roll tonight. A&M minus four and a half. And finally, so we're into the point of the NHL season where teams are eliminated from the postseason and the Montreal Canadiens have been eliminated from the postseason. How do you feel about Carolina under six and a half? I don't think Montreal scores tonight. Oh, man, they give up a lot of goals. Minus 120. They do. But do they give up seven? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Carolina is such a good team. Oh, the line's $4. 475 yes. in some it's places. Insane. But Montreal ATS this year, it's one of the worst teams. They're 32 and 35 to the over this year. Hurricanes are 30 and 37. Well, you got six and a half? Yeah. Last night? It's yeah. six now. Okay. So now it's down. I got six and a half last night. Mm. Do you like six and a half? Do you like six? I I because I think that's the right side. And I, I think that's the right move. Six. That's the right move, I think. I, I think Carolina didn't score enough. I think it's a 4-2 win for Montreal. For, I mean, for, for Carolina yeah. against Montreal. Or 3-2. Could be 4-1. Yep. 5-1-2. Okay, that's fine. I got six and a half. I'm sitting pretty yeah. there. Yeah. I just don't think Montreal scores. They're out of it. They're dead. They suck. What, what are they playing for? They're just running out the string. Right. Um. All right. I'd bet this with you then. Okay. That's my that's my fear. All right. Favorite thing about today. Pittsburgh, Minnesota. Hockey. I looked at it hard. It's <laughs> it's six and a half. I wanted to bet the over and I couldn't do it. Wanted to bet over? Yeah, I bet over, but I'm I didn't bet it. I haven't played that game. I like Minnesota. My to win. Mind. Yeah. Okay. I felt and it was then, a little cheap. What was the and then and there was not open minus one fifteen last night. It's up to one twenty five or one thirty already. The other game was Bruins. Devils, I thought about betting the over, over. there. No. Yeah. It's over six and a half. Yeah. I thought about betting the over there. I didn't bet it. And then the other game was Chicago and Florida seven. It is stupid. <laughs> Just I I might come in late and bet more Florida team total over, but I don't trust Chicago either. Um I think that number should probably be eight and a half now. Eight and a half? They're they're gonna score in a hockey game. The in-game is so much fun for the hockey. Some of these games, the in-game totals are 11 and a half. Well, yeah, and that's when the games are like six to five. It's 4-4, four, four, yeah. yeah. you know, in, in a second, second period. period, and they put yes. up 11 and a half. It's awesome. That's just so much fun to bet the hockey now when there's when they're scoring. Are you betting when under when it's scoring, It gets down to three and a half. Yeah. You have to decide. Vegas last night was down to three and a half. Yeah. They won three nothing. Another shutout. I mean, Seattle's another team that's just garbage. Yeah, I know. Don't get too excited, right, people? Hockey fans, relax. It's not. I mean, a back-to-back -back against the Kraken right now is just what the doctor ordered. 100%. Like Just what the doctor 100%. ordered. 100% what, what, what that team needed. They, they needed exactly. It's a get-right spot. Couple. Yeah. Very nice. Just get it. Get the W's in there and then start to. I mean, it's crazy, but they have four games in hand over the team, I forget who's behind them in the standings. And it's like Vegas needs to win every single game or Dallas. Vegas needs to win every single game and Dallas needs to go on a big losing streak or they're not making the playoffs. Like Sucks. betting Vegas the rest of the way is probably not a bad idea. They're basically playing in the playoffs now. Every game. Yeah. Yeah. They're basically, it's their playoff start has started already. But they like need they, help. They get a win and they need help, right? They're in the, the worst case scenario is that you have to win the games you're playing and then you need someone to lose. 
that sucks. <laughs> That's really tough when you need someone to beat another team for you to get you into the playoffs because you have four games, four games you've played more and you're up by a single point on Dallas. Yep. Not good. Yep. Not, not, not good. Favorite thing about today is what? Um, two things real quick. Yesterday, a box showed up at my house. I don't okay. know who it's from. No Uh-oh. idea. How do they have your address? I don't know. That's always my first question. This was in it. See that hat? I like that. What is you that? You know what that is? No. Peacock? It's from the St. Peter's Student Bookstore. It's a St. Peter's Peacock's hat. Official hat. Oh, that is unbelievable. I can't believe it. There's is, no note. How did you There's, not wear that today on the show? I was going to wear it tomorrow. I'm oh, going to okay. give you a little preview. I'm okay. going to wear that tomorrow. That's a beautiful thing. Beautiful hat. I don't know where it came from. So if anybody's watching, listening, whatever, shoot me a DM. I want to tell you thank you. I don't know how Heck I yeah. got it. I don't know how I got it. Um, and second of all, the um, best thing about today is that in addition to our show, you, you know I'm doing other shows and all this other of stuff. Did you see what Chernoff did yesterday? No. Adam Chernoff did a show uh, on covers okay. where he got a guy from Establish the Run who's yep. – 500 and something and 200 and something betting props. Got him on a show and said, we're going to bet a prop live. Had a bunch of people on to bet this prop live as he released it. So they said, okay, get here, get here. It's this team. It's this. Watch the book. Shut it off. They shut off all the props in that Toronto game while he was doing the show. Pinnacle was the only one that left it up. They bet it there. Whoever had accounts, whatever. Pinnacle adjusted the prices. All the books turned it back on. <laughs> and so he. Oh he, my goodness! He, I saw a tweet from somebody, and I didn't know what was in reference to. I think it may have been. It may have been Dink who tweeted it, but who who tweeted and said, "If you have to shut off your markets because of one person's bet, you're yeah. not betting right." Yeah. Was it Captain Captain Jack? Jack. Okay. Yeah. I saw that tweet from somebody and I was like, it's yeah. a really interesting point. Like if so one, that's if what one it was. better ha- having a it. show with a guy who's doing picks, shut it down, shut the market down, literally blew up the market. Wow. What was the prop? Get to bed. You know? What's that? What was the prop? Do you know? I have to go back and look. So I saw the tweet and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to call Adam because I have his number and give him some shit and just say, you, you blew up the market. What are you doing? We started talking for four minutes and he okay. goes, what are you doing for the next 30 minutes? And I said, nothing. Why? Because let's make this a show. I was like, Oh, that's a good point. Okay. So we got on, he sent a link and we did a show talking about the future of sports betting content and where it's at and where it's going, where it's going and what makes it good. And, I'll throw it to you. I asked him this question because he's at a crossroads right now. Mm-hmm. People are doing pick content. Mm-hmm. And if you do pick content and you do it good, you can't really bet it and you can't crowdsource it because book shuts you out. If you do pick content and you stink at it, no one watches and you can't get a voice and you can't get a following and you can't get a job. He said, what I said to him, what percentage of people, he said the two things, number one, that people are looking for and searching for stuff is picks 
number one, and odds number two. That's what he said. What percentage of people do you think are searching for picks content? Just the pick. They won't read the article. We write all these great articles on props.com. You and I do this show every day, yep. an hour and a half. All they want is the picks at the end. They fast forward the whole thing to the end and get the better to book it part. What percentage of people would you make that number? 40. He said 85. No, because I, I, I okay. I, what I'd push back on him is on, on this, I would say 85% line shop, meaning they go just to your pick, but they don't just go to your content. They go to five people's content and they just compare it. They compare and contrast, but they do some reading on it just because they want to see what your point is as to how you got to that point. Like, so, so if you've got like four different things going down, right? So like you'd go to, you would read like a paragraph or two paragraphs of like, because most of these articles are written the same way. You have one team, a team B, here's your bet. Here's why I'm making the bet, right? They just read the paragraph that says, here's why I'm making the bet. And then they read four paragraphs, four different sites like that, that have the explanation as to why. And then they make, they make their own decision based upon that. So I do think they read a little, I don't think they go just to that, but I don't think if you're writing a thousand word article a day, like I get yelled at all the time. The juice is a 15 minute podcast, right? People say all the time, get to the pick. Just get to the pick. All the other stuff you're doing, like get to the pick. And I always say that's what the fast forward button's for. Like, if you don't like it, just fast forward, like right to the end. I do a recap. The last 30 seconds of the podcast is a recap of you want to know why I'm making the play. Go listen to it. Just want the pick. Fast forward. Listen to 30 (laughs) seconds and you're on your way. That's all I got to do. It was a debate. It wasn't a debate. It was a good discussion. If you get a chance, it's called the simple handicap. You can go listen to it. I said, I said to him, I said, so Adam, you booked the games too, right? Like back in the day, he was down, you know, in the Bahamas and book of games. Said, how did you feel when you were needed the fifteen percent side? How did you feel? And he's like, I was actually happy about it. I, right. I, I felt better about needing that side. Hundred percent. I said, okay, I'll challenge you and everyone else listening to this podcast that's doing the content. Do the content with the fifteen percent in mind. Go to be the fifteen percent. See what happens. I said, if you like that side in the book, go be that. Everyone but, else is doing the pick well, content. You don't so have do you, to do it. I'm confused. What What do you mean? So you mean just put the pick up with no explanation? No. Do whatever it is you do. Everything looks and sounds the same. Why I do disagree. You think people keep talking to us. I don't think our show is looks and sounds the same. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. I was right. I was I yeah. was saying that. Why do you think people keep talking to us and asking right. us and why it's it's different? Yeah. Be different. Oh, in everything in life. But that's that's not just in betting. That's in everything in life. Exactly. Stand out. Don't follow the masses. Don't do the same thing. Be unique. Be you. Be authentic. Just do what you do. 100%. That's it. You don't have to do anything else. I took a call this morning from someone. How do I do what you do? I'm like, I can't tell you that. I can tell you how I did it. You did it, it, but not how to do it. It's two very different questions. Right. That's what I said. So, yep. I mean, do you, I, I and, and that's what I, I kind of told Adam, cause he's, you know, he's starting to see how hard it is to, to do the content that he thinks people want. 
People mm. want winning betters and winning content mm. and all this stuff. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know, Adam. Mm-mm. I don't know what they want. But I, don't, I mean, do what I you want to do. I raised $11,000 for a charity on a podcast where I win 51%. Exactly. Okay. I went, I went 51. That, that's my record for two and a half years of betting every single day. Grinding. Grinding. You just big, you're nope. grinding. Every single day. Okay. I'm not even over on the juice. Okay. This year in 2022, I'm up five units on the year. Every day, every single day, (laughs) four, five picks, four, five bets, every (laughs) live bets, in-game wagers, you know, all these different things on a discord channel, all these different things that that we're doing. Okay. 51% up five units grinding. Okay. So, but it's a top 100. Listen on Apple sports. We get, you know, around 7,000 listens a day and 2,000 views on YouTube a day, right? It's about being authentic and being you and building a, building a community and building something because no one can recreate you. You know, the, the greatest thing I was ever told in the beginning part of my broadcasting career was like, there is no other version of you out there in the world. That's it. Just do you. And people aren't going to like you for that. People are going to hate you for 100%. that. 100%. But you have to understand that people are going to be on both sides. You're going to have people who are going to hate on you. And you're going to have people who really like you. And you just have to sort of take your cues from the positive and take your cues from knowing that you're doing something that nobody else can do. And you let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. I'm, turning 40, I'm turning 45 on Monday. And, and one of the one of the you know, life things that I'm going through in my own brain about, you know, the greatest trick or the, the greatest lie people tell themselves is that we have time. And it's so true. We don't have time. I mean, we talked about off the air, Bruce Willis at 67 years age, you got a seven year old kid at home mm. and the guy's brain is stopping to work and he can't work anymore. And he's going to go downhill quick. It's a guy who's got more money than God and show you what money doesn't matter. Your health is what really, really matters in the world. And the mm. time you have, so like someone says to me, hey, by the way, you have 22 years left of your life. What are you going to do? What are you doing in those 22 years? What are you doing every day? And that's all I think about now. Every damn day, I want to get up and do what I want to do that's going to make either my daughter happier or myself happier. That's it. That's, that, 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 I, that's what I live for every single day. And the advice to people who are like, I want to get in the business or I want to do this, I want to do that. And it's like, guys... Everybody, I, I get on these calls and you and I have talked about this like for hours on end about, you know, what's the next iteration of sports betting content? And like, everyone's like, oh, you got to have those market movers. You got to have those, those inside guys. You know, you got, when, when, when they make a bet, the line moves. Yeah. L- listen to me, everybody. No one gives a shit. They don't <laughs> give a shit about your record, your return. Okay. If you're selling picks, I get you. Okay. You got a client, you got a customer you have to answer to. Okay. I get it. I will never sell picks, be associated with selling picks. Never will happen. But the content that we do is way more fun. Win or lose. No, win or lose. It's way more fun. No, it's more fun for us to do it. It's more fun for the audience watching. It's more fun for the audience listening. It's more fun to do this than to worry about some jack off at the end of a bar 
who's pissed off because he's been paying you a hundred bucks a week and you had a bad week. <laughs> I just, I won't get into it. Just won't do it. I don't want no part of it. Oh. I want to have fun. I want to make bets. And I, I went 0 and three last night and I woke up this morning with a smile on my face and I don't care. That's like, it. <laughs> that's it. Went four and one on Monday and Tuesday. Went 0 and three on Wednesday. Four and one, four and one's eight and two, eight and five for the week still. Yeah, but it's that that's just what we do. That that's what happens. That's did the, it for two and a half years. It's up five units. Like that's the that's the book business. I booked this stuff for 20 years. And the whole percentage is five percent. Maybe it was lower. three point last month was three point nine in, in Nevada. Yeah, Pernum took a shot at like low hold in Nevada. I was like, wait, well, how'd the other states do, DP? Yeah. You know, like the other states lost. It it it, it it's a grind. Shit is hard. Speaking and that's why it's fun. It's hard because it's it's fun. The hard part is what makes it fun until you put the other stuff on top of it. Right. That's what creates the drama, the ego, the look at me. Right. I can do this. The, you know, all this like ego driven. Look at my record. Look what I do. Look at my bets. Look at how special I am. All this bullshit that runs around our industry with people peacock feathering and like, you know, showing off their tickets and who they are. And I'm just like, that's great, dude. I'm happy for you. That's awesome. I'm really happy for you. Your podcast is really boring, by the way. But it's it's just <laughs> where, where, it's where it is. You know, it's just that's the problem. It's just like you can have all these unbelievable things and it's just not going to move the needle. And then you go, Dave, how are you getting on MLB Network? Like how 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 are you how are you doing that? I don't know. He's fucking fun to listen to. Yeah. Like that's the like that's just yeah. the Speaking bottom of which line. I'll be on there tomorrow on a hot beautiful. stove. That's beautiful. Right. The drop right there. I'll be on All a right. hot stove. We were supposed morning. to be done twenty minutes ago. Now we're sorry. Right. I, I, it was a great. It was a, it was a, a great. It's a great rant. A great rant. We'll talk great about topic. it again tomorrow. Friday tomorrow. Join us. He's Dave. I am Matt. We're back tomorrow for another episode of the Bostonian versus the book. <laughs>